On October the 13th, 1997, the New Yorker magazine published a short story, Brokeback Mountain, written by the Pulitzer Prize-winning author Annie Proulx. It told of two men whose firstly secret, then increasingly sad, and lastly tragic love for one another struggles to withstand and is ultimately destroyed by decades of social stigma, convention and prejudice. Proulx's short story won immediate acclaim amongst readers and critics, not only because it captured those conventions and prejudices, but also because it showed the two men living in terrible fear of love. Such unique delicacy won the admiration of many writers. One of those writers was Diana Osana. Osana is the longtime writing partner of another Pulitzer Prize winner, Larry McMurtry. Convinced that Proulx's short story had cinematic potential, Osana and McMurtry purchased the movie rights and within a year, their adaptation was attracting the attention of several Hollywood producers. One of them was Scott Rudin, whose track record till then included such enormous successes as The Firm, The First Wives Club and Sleepy Hollow, while also such varied and acclaimed pictures as The Royal Tenenbaums, Wonder Boys and... Good morning! Morning! Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you... Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. The Truman Show enjoyed clever casting, but while getting the right actors for a picture is important, casting behind the camera can be just as crucial. So, Rudin ran a checklist and called director Gus Van Zandt. Van Zandt had just made this Oscar-winning movie. You see this? All this shit. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I know. No, no, you don't. It's not your fault. Hmm? I know. It's not your fault. All right. On the surface, Goodwill Hunting may not have all that much in common with Brokeback Mountain, but underneath, it has everything to do with it. It is about men who struggle to give and receive love. However, despite a widely admired script, a producer who had a strong commercial sense, and an Oscar-nominated director, every studio said no. The problem they found was how to sell it to audiences. So, Rudin reluctantly dropped out, as did Van Zandt, and for a while the only life the script had was when it was passed around by writers and directors as an example of great writing. This went on for so long that the script earned itself the unenviable accolade as one of the greatest scripts no one in Hollywood would finance. Here is Diana Osana herself. My writing partner is Larry McMurtry and Larry has often said about me that I am eccentric in my relentlessness. Uh, it is not giving up, believing in yourself and believing in what you're doing. Those are two very important things. All of which is to say Diana Osana had decided to produce the film herself. Lacking studio support meant she had to go the independent route, which meant trying to secure not just actors, but big stars. Mark Wahlberg and Joaquin Phoenix were approached to play the leads. They said no. Matt Damon and Billy Crudup were paired together. They said no. Around the same time, Joel Schumacher expressed an interest in directing. Schumacher had a very patchy record, having directed such varied films as The Lost Boys, A Time to Kill, and the third and fourth in the old Batman pictures. But in the early 2000s, he had made a low-budget military drama, Tigerland, and a tight little genre picture, Phone Booth, both of which had starred Colin Farrell. Brokeback Mountain was then packaged with Colin Farrell and Josh Hartnett, but nothing came of it. So Schumacher dropped out, and Osana was back to square one. The thing was that Osana and McMurtry would not compromise on the script that they had written. Larry and I felt very strongly that 
one or both of us should be producers on that project to sort of maintain the voice of the characters and you know there there are and it it has nothing to do with ego really or or any sort of possessory impulse it has more to do with staying true to the story the true to the motivation of the characters and their lives why they would or wouldn't do what they do and and having it be um, um, honest and convincing two other producers who had greatly admired the script were james Seamus and david lind both veterans of the independent scene they too had tried to help osana but to no avail but then in 2002, they were hired by Universal Studios to head up their specialty division, Focus Features. The question was, now that Seamus and Lind were in a position to finance the picture, would they? Suddenly I had to imagine myself on the other side of my new desk, walking in the door and saying, hey, do you guys want to finance the gay cowboy movie? And uh, my immediate reaction is, are, are you out of your freaking mind? Um, of course, because now I had the other job and I was looking at it from that perspective thinking, this is ridiculous. And then I had to stop myself and say, no, the only reason I'm sitting on this side of the desk now is because I have to answer those questions the same way I would have expected other people had I been knocking at the door. So it was with a big gulp, we got everybody together and said, how can we make this movie? Seamus' CV as producer included a number of highly regarded art house pictures, The Wedding Banquet and Eat Drink Man Woman, the prestigious Jane Austen adaptation Sense and Sensibility, and the sublime martial arts picture Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. All of those films were directed by one of cinema's greatest living talents, the Taiwanese director Ang Lee. While those films may appear very different, running beneath their stoic surfaces are deeply felt and sometimes even more deeply repressed emotions. And it was those elements in the Brokeback script to which Lee responded most strongly. This is a one-shot thing we got going on here. There's nobody business but ours. You know I ain't queer. Me neither. And not coincidentally, it was those emotional currents that informed the publicists as how to market the film. The initial marketing push was to women, which may sound odd, but it was the way the producers hoped to reach a wider audience. Yes, the movie is primarily about two gay men, but if you care to examine it a little bit more closely, it is about the pain everyone feels when they cannot connect with the person they love. In other words, this film is about emotional loneliness. Every person in the movie, whether they are gay or straight, married or in a relationship, they all struggle against the experience of isolation. If anything, Brokeback Mountain maps the landscape where tragedies are brought on by emotional deprivation. I wish I knew how to quit you. Then why don't you? Why don't you just let me be, huh? Because of you, Jack, that I'm like this. I'm nothing. I'm, I'm nowhere. Oh. Get the fuck off me! It is right there from the start. The opening minutes pass without a word being spoken. In the opening minutes pass without a word being spoken. Instead, it is all done with looks and glances, but they are neither met nor returned. Instead, Jack, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, uses the side mirror on his pickup truck to look back at Ennis, played by Heath Ledger. That shot repeats itself later on after Jack and Ennis have ended their first season on Brokeback Mountain. As Jack drives away down the dirt track, 
he sees Ennis once again framed in a side mirror. And it is that image of Ennis, alone on the road, that is neatly echoed in various ways throughout the rest of the story. As I said, it is all about physical isolation and emotional loneliness. It is also about looking back. And as we know, you can never really recover the past. So, it is about missed opportunities and love lost. The isolation and loneliness reaches its visual peak, appropriately enough, in the final scene, where Ennis stands alone in his trailer. There he opens the closet to reveal the shirts that he and Jack wore the first time they were on Brokeback Mountain. Yes, of course, there is the conceit that Ennis and Jack were closet homosexuals, but by treating the closet as a metaphor, the film opens the emotional loneliness to everyone in the audience. Loneliness, emotional isolation and fear of love. Whether you're gay, straight, male or female, it's a universal that touches us all. Thank you.